Welcome to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast. Hear and learn through the success of others how to build the life and business you deserve. Learn to overcome failure, what it means to seek out growth, and how to become the best possible version of yourself. And now, here's your host, coach, entrepreneur, husband and father, and author of the number one best-selling book, Survive, Scale, Soar, Jeremy Williams. And welcome back to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy. A quick reminder, this show comes in two formats. Real talk, where it's just me and the mic sharing things that are happening in this world and how it can impact your business. And then there's success talks where I have the honor and opportunity to interview people that are at the top of their respected industry. They share with you the challenges and the successes in their journey. And today is a success talk. I'm honored to have on the show Bill Knappick. He is the host, creator, and producer of the long-running radio show, Real Estate Matters with Stuart Title, which can be heard every weekend on AM 950 KPRC Houston. In addition, he's also produced, created, and hosted the Successful Living Show and is now also responsible for the brand new show, Wow Factor, in collaboration with the Federal American Grill. Bill is a business development expert with Stuart Title for the last 10 years. He's also developed business for 14 years with Church and Dwight Company, which most will know as Arm & Hammer. Outside of business, Bill is a father, grandfather. He's also an accomplished musician, currently playing the Hammond B3 organ for the last 24 years at Second Baptist Woodway in Houston, Texas. And Bill... Welcome to the show. If we had to, to read anything else, all these amazing accomplishments, I think we might have a book. Well, actually, I'm working on a book. And as, as I reflect, as we all do, especially this time of year, but throughout the year, I think back and everybody's life's incredible in certain ways and at certain times. But I really have been fortunate to have started. I grew up in Pennsylvania and to have the adventures that I've had. I mean, as I go back, there's some things you would not believe, but it's been fascinating. And yeah, somewhere I'm going to get motivated. Maybe 2024 will be the year for me to do so and put things to, to paper or computer paper and then try to put a book out. But yeah, it's been very interesting to say the least. The last 10 years have been really unbelievable, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, um, an amazing journey. And I've, I've followed you over the years and had the opportunity to be on your show just recently for the fourth time. And uh, so thankful right. to be, be on there. Um, you're doing some amazing things, getting some great information um, out to people in the industry and just the community in general. And, you know, I want to talk to you about that today, um, a little bit about your story, how you got into radio. And with this being an audience of small business owners, I think the importance uh, I would like for you to share like why is it important to get our voice out there well as we talk about radio podcasts any kind of media I'd go back to and as far as my journey and why it's important but going to my journey it's I would say what I do today is a result of dreaming not knowing I was creating a vision for myself because I wasn't really thinking vision as a youngster but I would watch shows like many remember the Johnny Carson show, Merv Griffin even, but any interview show, Larry King Live, 
David Letterman, all these shows, radio and TV. And I would think these people have the greatest job. They're talking to people. Most of us are naturally curious in, in this format as we talk one-on-one -on -one or several people, the format has always captured me from an information standpoint, but also from an entertainment standpoint. And when I had the opportunity or saw a door open where I could actually do this 10 so or so years ago, I jumped on it and, and uh, here I've developed the Stuart title show and it all goes to the thing, Jeremy, whether you want to be in broadcasting or you want any kind of goal, but if it's one word, I would say, ask if you know what you want to do or once you know what you want to do, if you're in sales, ask, because guess what? Nothing's going to happen unless you ask, but sometimes it takes a while to develop what we do and that sort of thing. But yeah, I, I was inspired as a child by TV in general. I know they say, and maybe they do now that TV, you shouldn't watch too much TV. But to me, as the only child in a little town in Pennsylvania, I looked at that TV as a window into the world. So it inspired me to travel. I've traveled all over, all over the place, certainly the United States and several foreign countries on a regular basis. And the TV was a window into wanting to see the world and also to wanting to be one of these broadcasters one day. And that's how it started. Uh, that's amazing. And, and I want to really tune in to what you said early on in that, that was you, you had to ask, we need to ask, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I look at the biblical principle, you know, ask and you shall receive. And so give it, tell us a little bit about that story. Like what, what made you ask and what type of questions did you ask when that you had that passion, you had that desire, you knew what you wanted to do, yet you needed to ask somebody to get there. Well, I had going back to these 10 plus years ago, I had a couple radio opportunities to be on the radio and that happened by chance. I took the opportunity and I think I had the first time I was on a radio interview, it was about eight minutes or maybe five. And I'm thinking, Hey, this is unreal. This is what I want to do. I need more. So I found an opportunity to have a regular spot. You may remember Chris Kelso and no Chris Kelso, but I was on Chris. He was guest hosting a, a, not a real estate radio show, but a business show called the price of business. And I was on there just for those few minutes. And I said, man, this is, this is awesome. How do I get more of this? Long story short, when I signed on at Stewart Title Labor Day these 10 plus years ago, it was short order. I got on with, with the position and talked to Betty Warren, who was leading the sales team at the time. I was business development person. I was signed up for that. No one at Stewart Title said, hey, we need a radio show or a radio host. So that, was, that wasn't even on the job description. But as I was there in those early first couple of weeks, I said to Betty, why don't we have a real estate radio show? And she said, a real estate radio show? Hmm. So how much will it cost? Bosses ask you that when you have a budget. How much, yeah. Will it, yeah, how much will it cost? And give me an idea of those first 10 shows. I said, okay, it will cost X dollars. And I thought 10 shows. Let's see if we go with a theme, Sugarland, how sweet it is. Inside the loop, high rise living, living in the country. So I submitted that to her. And within Jeremy, in about three weeks, she came back 
called me. I remember I was at Costco buying gifts for realtors that we used to do that back then. <laughs> and she called and she says, Hey, guess what? We're going to do the show. So that the first show or the first recording of the first show was January 18th, those many years ago. And we just, I think you were on show number 502, but we just celebrated our 500th show. But I will say this, in addition, maybe another side note is ask and have a backup plan. My backup plan is once I realized I was able to do this, to be the host, to talk to people, to be on the massive platform, going back to entrepreneurs, have a platform. There's a, a little idea, have a platform. And so I started real, with Real Estate Matters with Stuart Title, And then I thought, well, what if Stuart Title doesn't want to continue this? Man, I'm having too much fun. This is, I found my place, Jeremy. <laughs> and so I, I found the cheapest time I could get on, on a previous station. We're now on AM 950 KPRC. But I found just a half hour that I could afford out of my own pocket. And I called it Successful Living. And from that, I started that show and realized, and even realized on the real estate radio and real estate matters, is that when you offer an entrepreneur, a real estate agent, someone in the coaching business, when you offer them a platform, they usually say yes. And the beauty is right here, our platform, your platform, we're in Houston, Texas, fourth largest city, some say it's soon to be the third. But anyway, moral of the story, I think you need to ask, find what you like, but, the, but this has opened so many doors and changed my life in a million different ways these past couple of years. So it's, it's been a, it's been a joy and I'm honored that they let me still do this through all our management changes. And I look around, I say, wow, we're still able to do it. And then of course, uh, the successful living show, I put on pause in July of this year and, and collaborated with federal American grill. And it's really their show. I, co-host with Matt Price, the owner. And that's a, a show where we talk about, we have a success portion. We're only on show number uh, six next week. And we have a success portion. We talk about what's going on at the Federal American Grill. And then we uh, sample some food at the end of the show. So all great things. Yeah, I, I love that. How you took one opportunity and you said, well, what other opportunities can I create and grow from this? And the Real Estate Matters show is still going. And um, so it's, on. it's like one, one more stick in the fire for you. And it, and it's fulfilling that passion that you had, that dream you had uh, to, to be able to do what, what you're doing. Have you ever had somebody that you've asked, maybe you referred to them and they said, uh, you know, Bill, thanks for the opportunity, but I just, I really don't want to do that. Yes. And I'm always, I, I question that and say, Okay, so you're saying no, you have a business, whether, and I've had, I remember years ago, and now we weren't on KPRC, I think KPRC has had a, had a lot more, people are, get it gets their attention way more, but even still, if I'm a business owner of any kind, and I say, have the opportunity to be on the radio for free, for three minutes, 10 minutes, hey, I'm going to take it, and guess what, if I, you know, they say people are afraid to speak in public right up there with snakes. Now, Jeremy, I know you, you saw a snake or two in your life, I think yeah. on your porch when you grew up, but <laughs> people are afraid of snakes and public speaking. And one of the things that happens, if they're afraid to speak in public, they will decline and say, well, thanks, but you know, I'm either too busy or they'll just say, hey, that's not my thing. 
And then many people, I have, I have had at least two, two top realtors on the higher end of all the realtors in Houston way back. They said, look, I'm not comfortable speaking in public, but one of them probably both were being coached by someone. One for sure was being coached. In fact, he said, he said, but my coach told me this week to do something I'm afraid of. He says, I'm going to say yes. So the beauty of those that are a little nervous to do this, the beauty of, is through the years, these many years and many shows of all the kinds that I feel extra happy when someone overcomes a fear and, and they'll sit before me, they'll say yes. And then they look around and say, what am I doing here? I should have never said yes. But you know, as you talk to people, part of your job is to make them feel comfortable. And I feel so good when someone overcame that fear, at least for that 10 minute segment or however long, and that has happened more often than those that have said no, I think. Yeah. And I I think that's what it is. It's getting comfortable with some of those things that might make you a little uncomfortable. That's where the growth is, right? Exactly. Getting comfortable. And I, I remember one of the leaders of a, a brokerage uh, here in Houston. And I asked this person, I said, well, do you want to be on the radio and talk about your company? And she goes, well, I I have to talk. I said, yeah, we're going to be on the radio. She says, no, no, I'm not doing that. But my point is, if you're an entrepreneur and that's your thing and you don't want to overcome that fear, well, guess what? Have somebody in your company that should you get a free opportunity to get out in some media platform, have someone else assigned to do it, but don't give up the opportunity. Don't pass it up. I, I would never want to do that. I'd feel terrible. Yeah. I think it's, you know, sometimes we have to go knock on the door for the opportunity and wait for that door to open. Sometimes the door just opens for us and we just need to step through it in, in faith. That's right. Yeah. So, it, but it, it is exciting. And when you talk about doors opening, going back to what I, what I think I said, and that is having a platform, access to a platform has opened so many opportunities that I, I can, I'm super grateful to, to do what I'm doing and to have just, if it stopped today, I mean, I, I, there's a lot to reflect on, no doubt, and be thankful for. What do you, what do you think has been the biggest challenges over the years or the biggest challenge over the years that you've dealt with in this, this career path? And how did you overcome it? Actually, I don't think there's anything really, what I'm doing right now, I can't really say there's a challenge. Now, if there's anything that's a chore, I will say this, on real estate matters, what we do is we have business development people in the field. So part of the thing, they will bring guests on, I'll bring guests on, and depending on the theme of the show or depending on, on whatever, will bring people on. The hardest part of the show is scheduling. So figure 52 weeks a year, I fill three spots. We have an insurance segment. So managing the schedule is laborious because people come on, we schedule them, then they get sick, especially during the all the other stuff. So they get sick. So I'm I'm I use a pen, Jeremy. I used to do pencil, but now I found found a pen that is erasable ink. So dealing with the schedule is kind of a pain, not a challenge, but other than that, uh, I will say this, as far as a challenge going way back, and it ties into public speaking, even though I am an only child, so I sought out in my little town in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, right across the river from the capital, which is Harrisburg, 
only child, so I didn't have brothers and sisters. So what I did, I looked for ways to work. So I started working, I mean, 10 years old. And and even though in the comic books back then they had, you could buy greeting cards and sell them door to door. I was doing that. But the challenge I overcame, even though I was doing things like that and working early on, I've always had a job, several jobs. And I was shy. I was very shy because I was a little guy. Everybody was bigger than me. I looked too young, which is now a great, you know, I wish I had that problem now. But when I was in eighth grade and fifth grade, I mean, I looked like a little kid. Girls didn't take me seriously. They're like, uh, hey, I'll be your friend, but now I would never date you. You look like a kid, you know, so, so, but I overcame shyness. I think I was very shy even though I worked and, and did a lot of things where I worked in public and talked to people and did little sales jobs and stuff, shyness was something I had to get over. So when someone is afraid to talk on the radio or something like that, I do understand, but I also am even more encouraging to them to say, wow, you should really do this because you're going to be okay. And life's too short, short to be worried about being fearful of this, right? Do you, do you think it's also, and in your story in particular, getting over the shyness, do you think it was putting in the reps? As far as repetitions? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, the more you do something, and I think what's, what's helped me is I put myself, there was something about my upbringing where I had to prove certain things. Maybe other people go through this, but one of the things I wanted to prove is that I could do something and I didn't have to depend on my parents or my aunts and my aunts were very, very, I don't know what the word is, uh, overprotective, overbearing. It was a, my mom came, was the baby of 16 children. Her mom and dad were from Italy. Even though I'm the only child, I had aunts and uncle uncles all over the place up there in this coal region of Pennsylvania. So they were always like, oh, yeah, you know, they were they were all over me. So I'm like, hey, that's I pre I'm, I'm glad you like me, but I got to prove I could do this on my own. That sort of thing. I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah, the I think 100 so percent. Yeah, I know that in coaching, uh, you know, that's that's one of the big big driver driving factors, motivational factors is being able to show somebody that they could do something. Right. You have to you. You have to prove certainly in in as we apply for jobs and, and and that yeah we have to prove we can do it but we also have to prove it to ourselves too there's that there's that element there I want to go back to real quick though so I don't forget to say this we talk about asking to further our lives and find what we like to do and get to do what we like to do but you also have to be ready to deliver if they say yes <laughs> right <laughs> if they say it, Okay, let's do it. Uh, okay, you got to have your backs packed and be prepared. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a great point. What do you think has been the funnest interview, or have you interviewed anybody famous where you just walked out of the room and you're like, "This is maybe it's not the pinnacle, but it's like one of the top top moments in your life." One of the, I've learned that, and, and I believe this as someone that likes outside of being on a radio or any kind of interview scenario, that's a, if, if you were to be with me during the day, I talk to people all the time. I don't care what their jobs are. I find a common ground. 
McDonald's. The per I'm talking to people. I like people, and I I'm curious about them. As far as celebrity goes, yes, numerous celebrities and many, especially authors. Early on, when I started the Successful Living Show, I was reading a book by Tess Gerritsen, and she was the creator of a character called Rizzoli and Isles. It was a TV show, but she has like scientific thriller books and like Robin Cook in a way. But I read this book called The Surgeon about a doctor that was a serial killer great story and captivating and I thought at the end of the book it had her email address and I thought let me see if this radio how this works can I open that door dear Tess I wrote a little email dear Tess Houston Texas fourth largest city you want to be on the show immediately yeah I'd love to boom so that was one test in the water then I don't know if you're familiar with a great author he passed away last year Stuart Woods mm -hmm. many bestsellers and I've been reading Stuart's books since the 90s and same thing. He came on the show. Nelson DeMille's been on. Now, these are authors. And here's a, a moral of this story. This is probably the most well-known celebrity. But the moral of this story is that a friend, friends have friends. The people we talk to, the realtors, anybody else, they have their sphere, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I had a guy, an oil guy, Danny Davis, on the show. And a friend of mine told me, in fact, I had breakfast with her this morning, Robin, she said, oh, well, when I got to Houston, I went to a party and Danny's good friends with Robert Duvall and Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top. So one night, a couple of years ago, I'm watching, re-watching Apocalypse Now. I don't know if you've seen the movie. Apocalypse Now, Robert Duvall, Martin, Marlon Brando, Martin Sheen, a whole bunch of Harrison Ford. So anyway, I'm watching Apocalypse Now and there's a pivotal scene, the scene where Robert Duvall plays Captain or Colonel Kilgore right there in Vietnam, bombs are going off and he's talking about surfing with one of the guys on the boat. So I stopped the, the movie at that point and I said, hmm, I remember Robin telling me that, that Danny's friends with Robert Duvall. So I texted Danny Davis and he was on the show. So I, I had his info and I texted him, hey, Danny, I'm watching Apocalypse Now. And I love Robert Duvall and this is, and I know your buddies with him. Anyway, we can get Robert on the show. And he didn't return my text that night, but in the morning he calls me, he said, Bobby's ready for you. I said, Bobby. I said, heck yeah. And you know, Robert Duvall was in the Godfather one, Godfather mm -hmm. two sling his list of credentials to kill a mockingbird back in the fifties, Robert Duvall, because of his friend, not me, not because of the show, not because he wanted to even be on, on the media. He could care less. Right. But Robert Duvall talked to me for 48 minutes. And I'm like, wow, to have him in a movie for five minutes would be millions of dollars. But the beauty was, and by the end, I was probably going a little too long. And he was like, uh, like, you know, we almost done. <laughs> but he was trying to be friends to his friend. He didn't care about me, but he was such a gentleman and, and such a great guy. So he was the most famous. But I got to tell you one more that speaks to this person's profession and this was once i started doing successful living show all of a sudden a lot of publishing companies would send me hey can we have this author on the show and talk about their book and all this well one book came across the the desk and oh, i forget the name of it but the author was chris hadfield now i don't know if you know chris chris was the first canadian in outer space and he wrote a children's book and uh, whatever it was called, but 
So I said, yeah, I'd love to have him on the show. So I got to talk to him on the phone and do an interview and then meet him here in Katy at the, as he was speaking to high school students. Well, anyway, as I talked to Chris, the, the interesting thing there, you talk about goals, all right? When we think about goals, this guy knew, Chris Hadfield said, when I was young, Bill, he said, I wanted to be an astronaut. Well, I'm in Canada. We didn't have a space program. <laughs> so he figured step one, well, I better learn how to fly a plane first. So he said, I started learning how to fly. Well, anyway, somehow he can't got into the program as an astronaut here in Houston. And he said, when you're in, imagine that rigorous training and all mm -hmm. the stuff you go through. But he said, he said, when you get the credentials and you go through all the training, there's still no guarantee you're going to get any job that you're going to go to into space. So you have to go either on faith or the fact that you love what you do enough to really try and maybe get a massive rejection after you spent years of your life going for this goal, right? Well, he got to go into space. He was in space three times, hundreds, total 161 days, three different missions. And, and when he, his last mission, he was the commander of the International Space Station. So just imagine that job of being in a tube in space. And I it's said, not Chris, a lot of people, not a lot of people that hold that job. No, a lot of people don't want it. But I said, when you came home, what what did you want to do first? Have, have a nice dinner, whatever? He said, I wanted to take a shower because, you know, you're in a whole different world up there. Zero gravity. But the last thing I'll tell you, he is he is very famous, not for being so much an astronaut, but he recorded. Now, you're younger than me, but you've heard of David Bowie, right? Yes. I think. Mm -hmm. All right, well, he had a song, Space Oddity. Remember the song, mm -hmm. Ground Control to Major Tom? Mm -hmm. Well, that was in the 70s. Now, I've been around, I was around in the 70s, and David Bowie had that song. It was a big hit. Chris Hadfield has the distinction of recording that song, and he told me about this on the show, recording the song in the International Space Station, Zero Gravity, with a guitar and a video. And that has since, if people look it up, they hear this, I would encourage you to go to YouTube, just put in Chris Hadfield. That will come up. It's had... 20 plus million hits but it shows him singing that song in zero gravity from the international space station and he said that year that he did it was david bowie was had the, about two years of cancer and he was dying so he couldn't meet bowie but he talked to him on the phone and asked permission to do the song and he said that david bowie said i always dreamed mm. that someone would sing that song in outer space and then that's so powerful. Oh, man. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Really so powerful. I, that, that's just a few people, but yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine all the, the different stories and the relationships you've built over the years um, through, through this opportunity and, and, you know, the years to come, um, you know, who you're going to meet. And like you said, it's, it's also the people that, you know, and, and it goes back to the ask again. You know, would that have ever happened? Would you have ever talked to Duvall if if you hadn't have asked? Probably not. Um, I'm guessing no. <laughs> probably not, right? So, you know, the the theme I've gotten out of this is is ask, um, and, and not not to be afraid to ask, and that's really really powerful. And I think those that are listening today, if that's the fear you have, you've just got to walk through that uh, with faith. Just just ask, and people are willing to help. Um, you know, you got to show up. Uh, yeah, 
when when you ask when I asked Bill about being on the the podcast here, he's like, "All right, next next Tuesday or Wednesday, um, you know, I had to be ready ready to go." Uh, what if if you could leave one thing with with the audience today? And these these are small business owners that are out there listening. What is one piece of advice, whether it's something we covered today or something that's just on your heart, you'd like to share that you'd like to leave with them? Well, as it's always, I usually reflect a lot on things as time permits and dream sometimes, but certainly this time of year is a big reflection time. And, and as all there's so much stuff going on, yeah, I would say ask, but I would say that life's short. You know, as I get older, every time I turn around, unfortunately, there's another big problem. And as I move through time and age, I'm thinking, I mean, I shouldn't even be here for a variety of reasons. So one of the things that's really on my heart now is to stay healthy as much as in my control. Stay out of the sun. I've just had about... And just just left the doctor to, to today, a super awesome doctor. And and I said, what do you tell kid? What do I tell my grandkids? He says, stay out of the sun. I said, well, do you have a pool? You have kids? He says, yeah, but they're not in the pool until the sun goes down. Protect your in this city, especially protect yourself from the sun. That's that's really on my heart. So be careful. We live in such a sunny and such a brutal heat prone city stay out of the sun so that you can enjoy and as many days that you have, whether it's another 50 years or whether it's 10 or whatever it is. So I think the days and times are precious. Enjoy what you do. And if you're one of the people that, Hey, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I made the best, like in the Bible, I made the best of all situations and had a good time with what I was doing. But if I look then and now definitely not having being able to be as fulfilled as I am now. So if you're not where you want to be, figure out where that is and take the steps, find out what the steps are to get there. Talk to people that are where you want to be and try and try to get there. But I, I say, stay healthy, ask, be prepared, have fun along the way. Don't, don't get too serious or too bogged down because there are so many serious issues out there in, in our world and in, in problems that our friends and family have. So just to have, have a good time, find the meaning in life and, and go forth. I think that's great, great advice. And, um, you know, I really appreciate you coming onto the show today. Uh, before, before we wrap though, and uh, you share how people can connect with you, I just want to ask real quick. So you've been playing the Hammond B3 organ. Now I've seen one of these things. They are not okay. easy to play. Um, what got you into playing the organ? Well, we, we got another two hours here, but no, so, <laughs> all right, briefly there, it does. Let me tie it into the ask thing. Okay. So I'm at second Baptist Woodway and hope to be there a long time, but I asked, that first of all, the Hammond B3, I'd, I'd suggest people, they, they've heard it. Everyone's heard it. It's, the, it's been around since 1954. Laurels Hammond invented the Hammond organ in 1934-ish. But the B3, anytime you hear, whether it's country, gospel, 
rock, Santana, the Beatles, when they had organ, Billy Preston used to play for them, current artists. You'll see the B3 on the stages. It's a big wooden thing. And it is the sound that every organ, a lot of synthesizers, all synthesizers have an, a Hammond B3 sound because it just caught it caught the musical world. It was produced from for 20 years, from 54 to 74. I get to play it. The organ I play at Second Baptist, that Hammond was built in 1954. It works. It's, it, it's got has tubes and wires and it works. Knock on wood like a champ and it gets a lot of use, but it has a soulful, a very unique sound. So I was at church one day, those 23, 20, it's almost 24 years. And a long story short, there was a real gospel sound song that the, the girl was singing. And the Hammond B3 was just sitting there next to the pipe organ, which I'm not a big pipe organ fan, but it was sitting next to the pipe organ. I'm saying, no one's playing the Hammond on that song. So I said to the music director, I said, hey, I'm Bill. I'm a member of the church. Man, I'd love to play the B3. And when I was a kid, one of those early jobs, Jeremy, I was 16 years old. I was moving Hammond organs. They're gigantic. I was a little skinny kid, but our job was to move them. So I worked in the organ and piano showroom where we sold Hammond organs. And I've been playing the Hammond since a kid. But I said, hey, can I play the Hammond? And he said, well, talk to Donnie. Well, long story short, I played the Hammond. And I have not missed a service in, in these 23 and it'll be 24 years in March. I haven't missed a service except when I had to go to Pennsylvania twice for two funerals. But anytime we had a Sunday service or when we used to do Saturdays, I was there because there ain't no better place to be Sunday morning than behind a Hammond B3 organ. If you're intrigued, just go and, and to YouTube and, and, and see what the Hammond organ sounds like. It's killer and very soulful very expressive and by the way jeremy let me put in a plug right now i don't know when people are going to hear this broadcast but at second baptist we have something called visions of christmas the 16th and 17th there are six presentations that saturday and sunday four of those present of the presentations are ticketed go to second.org but two of them on sunday morning are free it is a massive presentation we fill up the worship center all, all around this season, and we have about fifty-five to 6,000 people per per service. But what, on this show, we even have aerialists coming in from Las Vegas or California. So our, our worship center, they'll be coming out of the ceilings and swinging and flying through during different songs. It's going to be incredible and a massive orchestra. I hate to say it, except on certain songs, it'll be hard to hear the Hammond with our 60 instruments, <laughs> but I'll, I'll have the, the volume pedal jacked down to the floor just in case. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to be the guy you'll be, you'll be there at that, those services behind the B3. I, Lord willing, I will be there every Sunday for the next 10 years. And for those six services, in fact, this weekend, we do have a full blown concert as well, but the, the special shows the 16th and 17th, and it's uh, right there at Woodway and Voss. We have several campuses, but the big show is going to be there at Woodway and Voss. And invite you to go. It, it would be awesome to see you there. Great. Well, thank you for sharing that. And Bill, people are listening today and they're like, Who, who's this guy? Who's this radio guy? Uh, how, how do they connect with you? Where can they find you? It's real easy. You can go to my website is radiobill.net. So I wanted to have something easy, Jeremy, so you don't have to write it down. You could be driving radiobill.net. And people feel free to call me. I have a YouTube channel, which is Radio Bill. And then 
Bill Nampic radio shows. And then I created one for Wow Factor. We've got about five shows on the Wow Factor YouTube channel. And feel free to call me 713-210-9767. 713-210-9767. And Billy Gibbons, ZZ Top, if you're out there and you want me to play the B3, I'll play for free for ZZ Top any day of the week. There you go. The, the little band from LaGrange. Yes. Oh, man. Awesome. Well, Bill, thank you again and uh, appreciate you being on the show and sharing with our audience. And until next time, onward and upward. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for listening to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast. If you heard something that made a difference in your life today, share it with someone that might benefit and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Learn more about the host of this podcast and coaching services offered by Red Hawk Coaching by visiting www.redhawkcoaching.com.